Hello, this is David Kalmus, the Deputy Editor for Neuroradiology at Radiology. Today I'm joined by uh, Nick Bryan, Professor Emeritus uh, of Radiology at the University of Pennsylvania. We are going to discuss his recent paper entitled Effect of Diabetes on Brain Structure, the Action to Control Cardiovascular Risk in Diabetes, the ACCORD MRI Baseline Data. Uh, good morning, Nick. Morning. Thank you for joining us. So, um, could you describe just very briefly um, what is the Accord study and specifically the MIND sub-study? Well, the uh, original Accord study was a clinical trial uh, to compare the uh, treatment of diabetes uh, using standard uh, glycemia controls, uh, using that is standard uh, treatment of hyperglycemia uh, that uh, diabetes patients have versus aggressive treatment, that is the lowering of uh, measures of blood sugar to normal, normal levels, that is to levels lower than standard treatment uh, usually uh, uh, attempts to achieve. And so the, the MIND sub-study of that was, was an imaging study? Yes. So the MIND sub-study was to look specifically at the effect of diabetes uh, and treatment on the brain, both in terms of cognitive function as well as a structural uh, makeup as reflected by MRI. And what specific structural abnormalities were you evaluating in this study? So the two main uh, MRI structural variables that we looked at were brain volume, the size of the brain, which is known to uh, be closely affiliated with many, many measures of cognitive function, and uh, white matter lesions, uh, which are reflections of small vessel uh, ischemic disease of the brain, primarily uh, uh, due to so-called small vessel disease. And so the study you published in our journal was baseline MRI data? Yes. So we looked at the uh, measures of severity and duration of diabetes at baseline and looked at how these measures of how severe the patient's diabetes was uh, related to their brain size and the amount of white matter lesions, ischemic disease that they had. And it, what were the exact baseline diabetes-related measures you looked at? We looked at uh, hemoglobin A1C, which is a measure of intermediate control of uh, glycemia. Uh, we looked at um, uh, uh, blood uh, sugar glucose levels, uh, which is a short-term measure of glucose control. And then we looked at duration of diabetes, how long the patients, uh, the participants had had diabetes uh, before they entered the study. And the findings are fascinating. If you could tell us the, the major things you found. Well, I think the major thing we found is that diabetes independently is associated with loss of brain volume, atrophy of the brain. Um, and then a uh, somewhat secondary but very interesting finding was that diabetes per se does not seem to be uh, associated with small vessel ischemic lesions of the brain. So that is the primary effect of diabetes on the brain is not what many of us thought, that is small vessel ischemic changes, white matter disease, but rather brain atrophy. That seems shocking. <laughs> and quite counterintuitive. It does at first, but I think that there's a actual pretty simple explanation for it. 
we know uh, from previous studies uh, that the main risk factors for white matter lesions, ischemic uh, lesions in the white matter, are age, hypertension, smoking, uh, and it turns out that probably the, the effect that diabetes has on white matter uh, ischemic lesions is mediated through the hypertension. Most diabetics have hypertension. So most diabetics, in fact, have more ischemic white matter uh, than patients who do not have diabetes, but it's primarily due to their hypertension, not their diabetes per se. Does your data set allow you to drill down on that? Well, the analysis was done using uh, multivariate analysis, which controlled for hypertension. Uh, and that is statistically the, uh, the basically the standard way, the best way we have now of ascertaining independence when you have multiple factors uh, affecting an outcome. And so the analysis was done to control for hypertension. Uh, if you do the analysis and you, if you will, leave hypertension in the model, then diabetics have more uh, white matter disease. But if you control for hypertension, then that factor goes away. But the atrophy does not go away uh, if you control for hypertension. And there was another surprising finding. Was there not related to fasting about plasma glucose levels? Well, it was a little bit surprising. That seemed to relate to the findings uh, uh, more strongly than hemoglobin A1C. And hemoglobin A1C in many studies is used in many studies and has sort of become accepted as, if you will, the better measurement of diabetes control. However, there are more recent papers showing uh, that there are limitations to hemoglobin A1C uh, as a metric of uh, diabetes severity and control. And that in fact, the shorter term uh, blood glucose level uh, may be uh, appropriate in some studies. And you found that fasting plasma glucose was inversely related to measures of, of yes. brain injury. And uh, we don't fully understand that. Uh, it may have to do with the um, treatment effect of uh, the diabetics, and in particular, the use of insulin and possibly hypoglycemia, though we have not, um, uh, we have not tested that. And anything from the ongoing Accord study that will help us uh, figure these things out? Well, uh, the ongoing Accord study is basically looking at the longitudinal effect of the treatment arms. That is, does treating diabetes more aggressively mediate or mitigate these adverse effects of diabetes on the brain? Uh, and uh, the Accord study, in terms of looking at the longitudinal treatment arm, actually had to be stopped early because of increased adverse events in the patients on the aggressive treatment arm. Oh boy. Uh, they had, uh, this was very controversial, but basically uh, these patients had a higher risk of uh, major um, uh, morbidity and mortality, particularly um, uh, death and heart attack and to some extent stroke. Wow, and is there any other imaging sub-study from that or was, was the what you reported um, all you gathered? Uh, no, there was an imaging sub-study of that, which is still being analyzed, Okay. Uh, and we don't have the full results of that yet. Okay. And um, what about neuropsychiatric tests? Is that, uh, is that something you'll be reporting on as well, um, in addition to the, the, um, 
the MRI findings. Yes. Uh, it's pretty well established in literature that diabetics have uh, a greater cognitive decline and increased risk for dementia as compared to non-diabetics. Um, how this relates uh, to the brain's structural abnormalities is still a little bit unclear, uh, and that analysis is ongoing. Um, it's a fairly difficult analysis uh, because other, over such a short period of time, even though this was four years uh, in accord, uh, actually cognitive changes uh, are very small over that time period, and it's right. hard to detect an effect. Sure. Um, so what are these findings both uh, surprising and not? What does that mean for, for patient care, in, in your opinion? Well, I think the most important thing is that uh, diabetes is not good uh, in general, and in particular is not good for the brain, uh, and that uh, diabetics uh, need to work very closely with their uh, physicians in terms of controlling their diabetes and minimizing the effect of the diabetes on the brain, including uh, the brain atrophy, uh, which um, is almost certainly uh, something uh, to be avoided. And what about the pathophysiology of the brain atrophy? Has that been looked at histopathologically or any with any advanced imaging studies? Um, it's, it's an interesting finding, but it, it begs a lot of questions about why is it happening. Well, first of all, I think that this finding is, uh, is not the first time that this has been reported. In fact, there are uh, similar studies that have been done recently in Europe, uh, in Rotterdam, and in the Netherlands, which also show this independent of, uh, effect of diabetes on the brain and atrophy. Uh, in terms of the pathophysiology, there are some hypotheses, but uh, they've, they've not been documented. So if you think about it, um, the, uh, the brain is uh, almost the only organ in the body that uses, that uses glucose as its only um, energy uh, uh, source. Uh, so the brain is really a, a sugar organ. It uses glucose for its metabolic demands. And diabetes is a disease of the metabolism of glucose. And uh, so this abnormal metabolism of glucose does a number of things which could, not proven, which could affect uh, particularly uh, neurons in the brain. The um, abnormal metabolism of glucose results in increased um, uh, oxidative, uh, abnormal oxidative metabolism, which is known. Uh, to produce free radicals, which has an adverse effect on nearly all tissues, including the brain. Um, there are other abnormalities in the metabolic pathway of glucose uh, that could be detrimental to neurons, which have a very high, much the highest metabolic rates of any cells in the body. So it's not, I don't think, uh, unreasonable at all to think that if uh, a patient has abnormal glucose metabolism, as you have in diabetes, uh, that that will adversely affect uh, glucose-demanding uh, cells such as neurons. Sure. All right, well, um, thank you for joining us this, uh, today. Is there anything else that we didn't uh, hit on that you wanted to discuss about your study? Um, no, I think the only thing is just to emphasize uh, to patients uh, the importance of their maintaining as uh, good a control over their diabetes as they and their physicians uh, can manage. On the other hand, uh, it's important to understand that in many patients with diabetes, it is very difficult uh, to uh, optimally control 
their disease and their glucose levels. And that was reflected in the adverse outcomes of the aggressive treatment arm in Accord. So managing these patients is not simply a matter of just lowering their glucose, because you can lower their glucose too much, that they get hypoglycemic uh, events. Um, and so it is a major, major uh, medical uh, management uh, challenge. Uh, and patients just have to really be willing to work with their physicians uh, to optimize their personal care. All right, well, Dr. Brown, th- thank you again for joining us. and we. We really look forward to, to, to future uh, papers from this, this really outstanding study. All right. Well, thank you very much.